Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kings Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KingsCast, like on Facebook, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we're coming off of a super fun episode last week with friend of the show, fellow admin of the Kingsland page, Casey Yost. And we brought you guys Kingsland episode two, where we drop uh, a bunch of t- or we, we have a conversation around a lot of takes going around on Kingsland. So that's a Facebook page that we run. Um, if you want to check that out or check out anything Kingscast, you can find our entire show catalog streaming where you find your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan. What's good? What is going on? Kings got tonight. They play the Hornets tonight. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, so they got the Hornets tonight. Halliburton is out. Um, that's just a common theme with the Sacramento players. I'm sure we're going to touch on that, but a lot of guys have been missing a lot of games lately. Um, real quick, shout out Ziggy's. I didn't do this last week. So a couple weeks ago, uh, it was my birthday, and, and me and my buddy go up to Reno, and uh, we did a nice little golf trip. And I stopped by to see our homies at Ziggy's in Stockton, and uh, they hooked it up, man. Uh, you know, it's, it's great to go in there. They hooked us up with cigars. We had posted on the Kingsland uh, page, the little cigar holder golf tee. You know, you stick it in there so you're not putting your cigar on the ground. Um, hooked us up with some some CBD drinks, dude. A bunch of crap, dude. It was awesome. I always love going in there. Um, so shout out to those guys, man. It, we don't show them enough love. And they're, they're our sponsor. And uh, we've hooked them up with gear and stuff. So, yeah, shout out Ziggy's. But I'm excited to be here, man. I will be watching that game tonight. Um, and it, it's one of those games where, uh, you know, talent-wise, I, I think we're more talented. And I, I think we have to go out and win tonight. So we'll see how it goes. We're recording this a little bit before the game. The episode will probably drop around game time. So if you're listening to this, we can't predict the future. So don't judge us on what happens tonight. But, yeah, hey, shout-out Ziggy's. I was going to hit you up because we have that golf tournament coming up in a couple weeks. So you're playing in that, right? That, that one I, am, I am playing yeah, that. Yeah, Mickey's Grove and Stockton. I was, I was going to hit you up because I saw that post, and I was going to say, you know, let's go down to Ziggy's and get the stuff and roll into style into the tournament with all the, you know, because I like to get the cigars. That's, that's my big thing. And I, the CBD drinks, that sounds good for – pre-golf tournament we're getting old the joints is aching the muscles are aching yeah i mean get that get that inflammation yeah yeah ziggy's is always top notch um well, i was breaking the episode today though ryan so um let's do a let's do a look in though last week's conversation with casey's fun it was always fun to come in and and talk with him casey's a good guy uh he anytime he comes in it's just good conversation it's always great to take 
an episode just to look at the takes that are out there. Um, and I, I think that today we'll probably talk a little bit about all that because they really re-listening to the episode, it got me thinking and then kind of getting some response back uh, from people in Kingsland. It's, I think it's really going to shape today's show. So one of the things we talked about last week was someone had asked us that question about, um, you know, where do the Kings go from here and, and what do they do? What's realistic? And, and, I, and that's really where I wanted to have that conversation today. The Kings season has been really, really weird. And to be honest with you, it's what we expected. We expected up and down. Now, we didn't expect so up, and like I've said this a couple of times, so up where they won seven out of eight, seven out of nine, yeah, and so two, down. Two extremes. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like way, it's like the crazy extremes. Usually win two, lose two, win three, lose one, lose three, lose. You know, it's like that. But the, the up and down is just weird, and it's gotten in peop- it's gotten in people going crazy. Um. I, I refer back to last year, so the, the 20, 2019, you know, 20 season. If you look at the Kings' first three months, it was kind of the same same thing that's going on this year. And that's something that's really got me, you know, from going too hard in right now is because the Kings did this last year where they lost 9 of 10 at one point before January. They, they started the season 0-5 mm-hmm. last year, and then they kind of recovered it. And it's something we brought up last – I brought up last week in that – they, they cut the dead weight last season in Ariza and Deadman, and it's kind of the same thing now. They have guys who who can play, like Corey Joseph and Bielisa, guys who they count on last year, but they're, I guess, Corey Joseph playing, but like Bielisa not playing. Hassan Whiteside's really not playing a lot, and there's a lot of guys on the roster that aren't playing a lot. And what they did last year is they just made a couple minor moves and got some depth and just played out the rest of the year. And, and when someone asked us that question last week, that's what I really hoped that they would do. And I wanted to throw this question at you because two episodes coming off that win streak, you closed the episode and we were like, you know, is this going to, what's going to happen? Cause everyone was riding a high and they were riding the high at that time. And you said the Kings are one rolled ankle away from sucking ass. And Jesus, man, it's like, yeah, you put it out there in the universe and that shit happened. But I wanted to start that question off with you because the lack of depth has been something we've been projecting going into the year all year. And we really think that'd be a fix. So um, break us in right there, Ryan, and just talk about all that. Yeah, so like when I said that, like, you know, the Kings, the first 20 games of the season were extremely healthy. Guys weren't missing, guys weren't missing any games. And guys were playing, you know, especially the the last, you know, two weeks ago when they were in that win streak, guys were playing hella heavy minutes. And, you know, for a team that is really starting five heavy, um, I, I really, I really thought that's why I said, Hey, if they roll an ankle, dude, we're kind of fucked. Right. Um, but what prompted me to say that was, is if you go back and look at the box scores and you look at the minutes that those guys were playing, literally our top six guys, 32 minutes, there was that stretch where we were winning, where I, I swear I was looking at the, I, I looked at the box score and it was like Harrison Barnes, 37 minutes, Darren Fox, 36, Buddy Heald, 36, Halliburton, who's a rookie and literally weighs like a buck 80 was playing 32, 34 minutes. And I was like looking at that and I'm like, dude, there's no way possible that they keep up this stretch of minutes and this good play. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it was really the injury bug to me. It just strikes me as like Sacramento was like, okay, we got to kind of possibly make up some stuff like maybe, you know, Hey, we got to get these guys rest. We kind of, we rode that win streak pretty high, but now everybody's burnt out. And um, it shows, dude, we've been talking about since, you know, since day one of the season, 
Sacramento was going to miss the playoffs in our opinion, because we said that the lack of depth, we had them, I think, you know, at, um, you know, 10 or 11 seed or something like that. But it was mainly just because we were like, dude, they're, they're not going to have the depth to hang on, you know, the whole season. And um, yeah, that that's where we're at right now. And, um, you know, Sacramento's not going to improve any unless they go get depth over this last month. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I know tonight Halliburton is out. Um, it's going to be interesting who's going to who's going to play those minutes. They have been playing Kyle Guy a little more. Justin James played some. I'm sure Corey. I'm sure Corey Joseph's going to play. You know, 28 minutes tonight, unfortunately. But um, yeah, you, we got to go get depth, man. That's 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 Sacramento's Achilles heel. The bench is it's just been such a thing. And and if you've been listening to King's Cast, it's something we we say every week. And I think that coming on here, Ryan, I think my my opinions and probably your opinions sometimes they come from like counter to what's going on. You hear people out there in Kingsland that say a lot of stuff and then naturally it prompts you to want to kind of throw your opinion to counter that. And, and that's kind of where we, where we're at. And that's what Kingsland's cool. And that's why doing King's cast is fun because you can see what people think of the team and what they attribute the highs and lows to and then you like to throw your counter out and one of the one of the things that's it has really been this year is is we talked about it last week with casey is the the blame game man the blame game and it's something that i've really i have really prevented myself from doing this year and we've done that in the past like last year we played some of that blame game bogdanovich was a guy we blamed a little bit um you know, it, it's just some of that, but that's the natural inclination from a fan. When things go bad, you like to point your finger and you can see the people out there, no matter what Buddy Hield can't win in front of the show. Crispy calls it the, I hate buddy fan club, <laughs> you know, or no that's matter what, that stands what for. <laughs> yeah, that, and no matter what it's buddy's fault. Then you have the, no matter what it's Luke Walton's fault, yes, no matter yes. what De'Aaron Fox doesn't deserve a max contract. Yeah. And he, so that's where these takes come out. And one of the things that I've been really trying to do th- this season on the page and, and really with my takes is put things in perspective. And that bench was something coming into the year. You could kind of see now, I think, I think there's something that you can, you can attribute some of the rotations, you know, to Luke Walton, like, okay, maybe, maybe he should have been playing wide side more. Maybe they should have done whatever more, right? Maybe Belisa should have been playing whatever you can say some of those things, but it's really tough because ultimately Ryan, I think that the blame right now goes into the front office and I don't think they care. I really don't give a think they give a fuck, but I think the, the blame goes into the front office and that's evident in the bench. The fact that they made no moves really is, it, it just shows, you know, they're, they're, they're showing, I listen to a lot of Colin Coward. He has a, he has a, he has a statement. People show you who, who they are and believe them. He uses that in sports and that's, they're showing you right now. They, Ryan Jameson and I on, on the page went and went back and forth the other day and, and he was talking about the bench and they said they, they literally rolled out there with the Stockton Kings as a bench. They literally rolled out there with the Stockton Kings. And so I shared a box, I, I shared a box score with a guy the other day. All right. Cause it was after the game and, and the, the Pistons game. And they were gonna, they're winning. They ended up winning the game. And someone was just going off about how Buddy, it's Buddy Heald's fault, Buddy Heald's fault. And I shared the box score. And I'm like, dude, look at this box score right now. And you tell me if you're going to blame Buddy Heald or blame Walton or whoever, you're, you're just lying to yourself. Because I'm looking at this, dude, this is 12 seconds left in the game, Ryan. Zero points, Joseph, 18 minutes. Zero, zero. They had seven points from their bench the other night. Seven. And that's with Halliburton not even playing. So it's the front off. If you really want to play the blame game, 
that's where I'm putting it right now. And, you know, I, I think the biggest thing in, in Sacramento fans wise is, um, you know, there's not, it doesn't seem like there's like a clear direction, right? Like, do, do you want to win? Do you not want to win from the front office? You know, like, okay, everyone was upset that they let Bogey walk away. I, you know, I think that was the best move. We, we ended up, you know, Halliburton's take, taking his place. We're, we're better financially. But, but for, for, for Sacramento-wise, like for me especially too, I look at it and it's, okay, um, you know, there is talent here. That starting five is legit. You know, there, there's enough talent to where, like, me and you have been saying it. No matter what, there's enough talent to where they're not going to be the worst team in the league, okay? And then you look at it and you're like, okay, well, they didn't really help this team to to really pursue a legitimate playoff uh, contention, right? Like, they didn't they didn't fill out the bench with anybody besides Whiteside who barely plays. And um, I, I think that's where a lot of it comes from. People are just, you know, it, it's you're not getting – a clear direction. And, and that's kind of been Sacramento's, you know, problem for years. You know, they've, they've in years before they've went and signed veterans and uh, years before they've tried to just do complete rebuilds. And uh, for me, I really just want to see it coming close to the deadline. I'll be happy if, if McNair really just sets a clear direction. All right. You're going to trade the veterans away. You're going to trade those pieces away. Are you going to go into a rebuild or are you going to kind of keep the team, you know, as is not get any type of depth. Um, that will frustrate me. There needs to be some type of uh, clear direction and path. I don't know if you agree with me or that or not, but I've been I've really been thinking about that lately. I think it's a good point, and we're we're realistic fans, and and we have our beliefs on where we think the team should do and go, and all that shit, right? But uh, at the end at the at the end of the day, like we know that there's there we are realistic in that they are in a weird situation. If you look at the cap, you know they have a lot of guys that are locked in and Buddy Hield and Harrison Barnes, and then guys on the horizon like Holmes, and then you know then you have a guy like Halliburton who clearly can play. He's going to be a player at some point. So it's like where does he fit in the long term? So that's where fans are all over the place about stuff. And I think one of the things that has been so crazy in in with the kings in the last bunch of years it's like it's like i said last week with casey right like if you really wanted to go backwards and tank and do all this crazy shit you should have done that three years ago right and so it's kind of weird because we were patient through a lot of slumminess when they you know they overpaid like a george hill and they go and do all this stuff and they're rolling out there with willie Cauley stein and do it and we knew those teams weren't gonna win but then all of a sudden they go and they get harrison barnes and then all of a sudden Darren Fox looks like a guy and then all of us, you know, they, they start doing these moves going into last year. We're like, okay, they're going in a direction where they actually have some talent. I thought that there was going to be some continued growth uh, this off season where they were going to try to back that talent a little bit. And that's what I want. I would just back that talent back where the money is. And when you look at a team, where's the money right now? The money on the team is not in the bench in ass contracts that aren't playing. The money is in the starting lineup. So if you're, putting the money in the starting lineup you're saying that we're investing in those guys which means we need to invest in the bench to help that if your money is locked in and shit contracts that you got you got those contracts because you took on some assets then you kind of know the direction right oh they're sitting on bad contracts and going to develop we don't know that we and i the fact that they went into this offseason with so much money locked in and they maxed deer and fox and they we came out of a year where they made it into the play-in bubble where they played well in the back half year and this year okay all they needed to do was kept make a couple minor moves to get some guys on expiring contracts and let them compete because there's some weird play-in shit this year again 
I just thought that they would make that make that move. But to, you know, like I said, people who are who they are, so believe them. And to, when basically they said we're not we're going to use the Stockton Kings as our fucking bench. I mean, really, Kyle Guy, Justin James, um, they're probably not even NBA players. They're probably not. They're very borderline. Daquan Jeffries is getting elevated in role, which Daquan Jeffries is like a thirteenth guy on a decent team. Okay, and then Corey Joseph is being thrust in a role which he shouldn't. So, some confusion there, and I think that's what you're saying. The direction of where we're going to go, because to me, it seems like the players, it seems like they they care. It seems like they care. It seems like Luke Walton cares. And and I I think they do care. And um, you know, a lot of people they a lot of hate that I see on Kingsland is a lot of people are like, well, you know, these guys don't know how to win. You know, they they don't know how to win. Well. How does not helping them in the bench, you know, how, 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 does, how does tanking help them learn how to win? You know what I'm saying? Like, you have Deere and Fox under that max contract. How do you establish a winning culture when you're constantly going backwards, right? Like, everything you want to do is just growth, growth, growth. And, and they're not doing that. It, it, they took the step back this year. It's super frustrating, man. Um, they, they, I really feel like this is, this is legitimate, dude. They are, you know, two bench players away from being – a, a a pretty good basketball team to where they can be in the playoffs this year. So uh, it's just a little frustrating. Well, it's crazy. It's crazy because, it, you know, it, it, have you heard this? If we, if, if we just had a guy like Dante DiVincenzo, we could be – are you fucking kidding me? So you're telling me, like, the difference between going backwards and tanking and competing is is Dante DiVincenzo? That, yeah. That's it, yeah. dude? That's yeah. it? Like, come on, that's that shows you the fine line, right? And and I think the thing is, going into the year, we were just, this is our stance, and it, and I I talked about it last week with Casey because I've I was one of the people out there when all the dorks out there and the Kings Herald and shit Ryan are on Twitter, which I I honestly am not even on Kings Twitter anymore because it's just so ass. But when those guys were out there, tank for Cade Cunningham, and t- I'm like, dude, okay. Like, hey, let's try to win. Let's just try to win. You know, let's just try to win this year. That's all I would say. And that, we didn't – if you go look at our season previews, like, we didn't predict play out. We didn't predict anything. We're like, just try. Just try. And when I get tagged by these people, um, like, oh, see – you know, we talked about with KC last week. See, see, they suck. They suck. It's just like it really, really ticks me off, man, because – it's just like a wasted gear, and these these people are so content with this going backwards, and it, it it makes me a little bit. It just it's a wasted year. That's ultimately what it is. It's just a wasted year. So right now, yeah, and and I hate I hate that when people, uh, you know, beginning of the season, oh, we need a tank, and they're listing out their mock drafts, and it just cracks me up, dude. Because, you know, Marvin Bagley, number two overall pick, right? People are upset at him now. Right, he didn't live up to his, hasn't lived up to his potential of what people think. You know, people forget Buddy Hield was the National Player of the Year. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like pe- people forget this stuff. It's like, dude, you know, drafting, going through the draft, it's it's a lot of luck, dude. It really is. There's a lot of you know, you obviously have your can't miss prospects like LeBron James, Carmelo, um, but I don't know if people remember a couple of years ago, well, 2014 now. Uh, it's more than a couple years, but it was, you know, Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker, and people were losing their freaking minds about, oh my God, Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker. This is, you know, these might be the top two guys. You know, we haven't seen top two guys like this since, since Carmelo and, and LeBron. And it's like, look at where the fuck they are now. 
Jabari Parker's rotting on the fucking Sacramento Kings. On the, the guy, Kings. The he's guy the can't. He's on the Kings. The, the guy can't get minutes, dude. He can't. I, he couldn't even pay. He couldn't even pay the Kings to play him. And 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 look at Andrew Wiggins. Severely over, severely overpaid. Okay, severely, severely can't can't really shoot a three ball efficiently. People hate on him, and he's in a good he's in a good place with uh with Golden State. He's in a good franchise, and people you know he's still looked at as yeah he's kind of, probably kind of a bust. You know he's not what everybody thought he was going to be, and and that's where I come from. It's like you know yes I like young players. Do like it worked out great with Halliburton so far this year. You know like yes you got him at good value at twelve. But that doesn't happen, okay? That's a once in every 15 years that something like that happens. And, and Sacramento has a proven tracker, track record of fucking up the draft. So that's where I am. It just really frustrates me when guys like hella early, like, oh, Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley, uh, uh, Cade Cunningham, uh, Jalen Green. And it's like, bro, these dudes are just kids. We don't know what they're going to do in the next level. There's a lot of guys, dude. I can name a lot of guys who were beasts in college, and you never even made it five years. That's where the proven commodity thing is something I'm – when, when you have nothing, yeah, you look, at the, you look at the optimism of the draft and stuff, yeah. but when you have established players, you start to look more towards proven commodities, right? And, and that's where, like, KC made the point last week, and it's something I've always thought too, which is that you in the NBA, you look to get your two or three guys, and then you build around them. And the Kings have their two or three guys. They have Halliburton, Fox, and Bagley. Those are their two or three guys. And I said kind of after that, they're on, like, a two- to three-year plan right now, or they, and then there's a three-year post plan right now. And some of these veterans could be included in that because their contracts are up in that time. So it's like, why didn't you – if you were going to – pay buddy it's like they paid buddy healed and then like a week went by and they're like oh we're gonna fucking change the direction of everything we wanted to do as a franchise and we're gonna now figure out how we can get out of this or it's like why'd you pay him then you should have just traded him a couple years ago and been done with it you know yeah and and so it's, it's these mixed signals of it um talking about teams who get stuck well if you're a king's fan it's a great example of getting stuck in that that drudging of of sucking in the draft and, and all that and they did that with cousins but then they they were weird with him that was just, that was a bad just bad we don't have to talk about that but the timberwolves okay <laughs> like a, a timberwolves is a good example of a team if you look at them right now they got a number one pick Conthing towns number one pick they had andrew wiggins at one point you know they've had guys and it, it, look what happens you get they stuck. they 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 fuck they yeah yeah they they really, fuck they fucked up <laughs> yeah you get really stuck though even with talented players you can get stuck yeah. and that's what's so scary about like starting trading everybody and, and you see these um these trades uh, what do they call the trade machine stuff that's popping up on Kingsland stuff right now yeah. like, guys that's that's dangerous because when you start taking that backwards stuff ugh. look at yeah. I I would say let let Marvin Bagley be your example of guys taking a long time. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Marvin Bagley. I, I had a conversation with some guy in a page the other day, and and he was talking about Bagley, and because his extensions up. And let's defend, let's defend, um, let's let's defend Marvin Bagley a little bit, Ryan. And <laughs> okay, so his extensions is going to be up in a couple, or his options, or what? You know, because the, they do yeah, like what, yeah, like a yeah. two plus two or something. Anyway, and somebody's like, I don't know if I'm willing to pay him. Like, dude, he's 21, bro. He's 21. Like, yeah. this is the game. Like, you want to draft yeah. boys like, wear skinny jeans and shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sit on it. You got to sit on it for it takes, years. It takes time. 
it takes time, dude. There's a lot of guys out there, you know, and, and you're a big fan of guys like this and you've brought them up a couple times. So this, this is totally credit to you. You like guys like you had mentioned Josh Jackson a few times. Okay. Josh Jackson was drafted like number three um, in the same year as Darren Fox. Correct. This the Phoenix took him number three and you know, he's bounced around, right? Like he's been on, he, he didn't make it with Phoenix. I think he, where was he in, in Memphis? I think he ended up, he was in think, Memphis or I something. So well, now, year. well, now he, now he's in Detroit. Okay. So Josh Jackson's in Detroit. He's only 23 years old, 24 max. And, and he's putting together a good season. He's a six, eight dude. He's a long, he played defense early on in his career. That's what he was known for, but he's averaging like 13.8 points per game. And it's like, now you're really starting to see like, okay, um, this dude's kind of figured out the NBA lately. He's, he's grown into a man. He's not a kid no more. Like you said, rocking skinny jeans, dude. Like it, it takes years for guys to develop only the special, special, special guys come in year one and, and dominate dude. And so, um, you know, for Marvin Bagley, it's like, guys, the guy literally is going to play more games this year than he has in the rest of his career, like combined pretty much. So give the guy time. Look at the, the transformation that he's already made in 25 games that we played this year. You know, look at the transformation he's already done. He went from being a complete liability, honestly. Like, there was times where it was like, holy shit, Martin Bagley's a liability. Like, this, you know, to, to playing really meaningful minutes, playing, putting up really good numbers, being an effective rebounder, getting better on defense. So he's shown the growth. And people forget the dude is only like 21. He's literally a kid you know like he's just a kid it takes time and um you know that that's that's where people gotta you know don't hit the panic button marvin bagley by the way he, he's gonna be a stud okay so like if the kings were not to pick up you know and and, and extend him and stuff he'd be fucking idiots yeah the I, I just hate the take but it's it's that rushed take it's that so in the now you know and that's the thing about basketball even this season i learned it last year Really, because last last year, you know, we, we did King's Cast in that offseason going into the year. And it's like we're following the team. We're talking about the team. And, and you learn how things can change and how it can look so much, you know, so different from the start to the end of a season. How one acquisition can change how you do your entire rotation and all that. But Marvin Bagley, yeah, it, my response to a lot of people uh, of when it comes to Marvin Bagley is I just say, oh, I can't wait till he's 25 playing 33 minutes a game. Like, that's what mm -hmm. I'm looking for, too. Exactly. And, and so that's the response. And so when you have a bunch of young guys like that, and that's the response. At 25, at 33 minutes a game, what, what's he going to look like? Because that's the end product. You're looking at this. Back in my day, Ryan, back in the day, dude, yeah. guys were getting drafted, weren't even getting drafted till like, 21. You know, anyway, they weren't even – it was – this whole coming out early, it's it's an a it's a, the AAU stuff and all that hype now is just changed the league and and because there's I think there's a like we talk about how we're fans of we're the fans of like the history of the NBA and we're fans of like transactions and stuff that have happened in the NBA. There's a it doesn't really fit me. I don't know how you feel, but there's this new age of of fans who are like in their early 20s right now who kind of grew up following like the instagram the social media aau culture that's a big thing that's like a really big thing and i think that's where all these people come from is where they're following these classes early on is that is you know like like lebron james's kid right now and how they all went and last year i know like the california state 
uh, championship. You had Scotty Pippen, Kenyon Martin. All their kids were on the same team. And, and this is an example of the AU culture. Some people are fans of that because the college game isn't really the where you look now to produce those prospects. Do you think that people – it's just something I thought of. Do you think people get way too – are super – because I'm not. But I think that's something people are really into. Yeah, and no, no, it's true. Well, I'm into that. <laughs> like, well, I'm just yeah, being I, I, honest, yeah. dude. I, I mean, you know me, dude. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm all in on that kind of stuff. If it has anything to do with basketball, I watch it. Like, you got like hoop mixtape and stuff, and you got all this shit, like Ball is Life and all this stuff that I follow. And and I, I know all the, I know all the prospects coming up, dude. I've been watching them, you know, and um, it's good. Okay, so like it's good because you you know you learn guys' names and you learn you know they're kind of their pedigree, where they're from, what have they done at each level. Like that's good stuff, but you know it, it that stuff doesn't translate. Okay, like that stuff does not translate to uh, college, the NBA, because there's a lot of guys do like a real a real quick example. Um, everybody knows like okay, Nico Mannion, right? Nico Mannion's the redhead point guard went to Arizona. He's on the Warriors now, right? couple years ago, Nico Mannion was all over that shit. Okay. It was Nico Mannion. And you go look at the, you go look at the, the, the prospects and stuff, you know, it was him. Cole Anthony was up there. Um, but Nico Mannion was like one of the top prospect guards. And it's like, dude, this guy's never going to play in the NBA. Like the only reason he's on the warriors right now is just because the situation, but this dude is going to be a career Santa Cruz warrior. Um, so like people, you know, they see that hype. I, I see what you're saying. And they see that hype and they get excited about these guys. And it's like, you know, that's not a true testament of who they are because in reality, those guys are playing against guys like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're just playing against some, some, some kid, dude, you know, I never played college basketball. I was a pretty decent high school basketball player, but that's who, you know, you're seeing these NBA prospects, these, these legitimate professional basketball prospects playing against some kids. I saw a clip today. Now that you brought that up of Zion Williamson when Zion was in, was in college or high school. And it's, it's, it cracks me up, dude, because you don't realize it at the time, but they showed this clip on Ball is Life today. And it was literally this five foot eight white kid, uh, you know, clapping in Zion's face. And I'm sitting there looking at this, this is literally 10 minutes before, 10 minutes before we started. And this little kid literally, it looks like he's in fifth grade is clapping in Zion's face and Zion's looking at him like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, and then that's what people get sucked into that, dude. People see that and they're like, oh, look at this guy dominating. It's like, bro, he is literally playing against your little cousin, like chill out, you know? So, um, but that stuff, it is good though. It is good because it does bring exposure, dude. It's fun. It really is. That's why I follow that shit. I don't think it's bad. And that wasn't even my point. My, you know, my point wasn't that it's bad. It's just, that's like I said, back in the day, it used to be, it used to be college basketball and the top prospects playing at the top schools, and then they'd all play each other in the tournament. And it was, it was, that was where you looked at stuff. Guys came in a year or two more developed. They played in a, they went off and played in a scheme and, and, and not that drafting was more accurate back then because it wasn't, but you were getting a little bit of a different product. Whereas now you're getting kids that are coming into the league with super hype. You know, they got tons of fault Instagram followers. I mean, look at tonight, LaMelo ball, right? Like, and, tons yeah, yeah. of those followers and that's where kind of marvin bagley um i i, I think kc gave me this me and him were chatting ryan when marvin bagley's dad was popping off right this this year um and if people don't know tyrese halliburton's mom's actually in kingsland group too so like these parents i it was all around you saw these parents rashawn holmes his mom's always around everywhere right so you see his parents and i'm like too what the hell is going on here 
And in someone says that AAU culture, that's the way that's, that's today's version of cheering from the sidelines for your kids, you know? And it's just, it's just a little different thing. And, and back to what I was saying about the, about college basketball, you're getting a little bit of finished product, but what's happened is it's, it has, it's something I've been saying, because like I said, I, I pay attention to the transaction portion, the, the contract portion, building a team, right? And it's pushed the development back just a couple years. And it's changed, it's changed how you build a team and, and, the, and the timeline of development for players. And, and the biggest thing you can notice is, like you said, the special, special guys pop right away. They make a difference right away. But I mean, really count on one hand in the last 15 years who that is that's done it right away. Even the good, good players right now, even the guys who are super young to develop, like let's pick Brandon Ingram, 25, 26 points a game last year. Zach Levine killing it right now. Took years to develop, years. And Years and in big, multiple teams too. Years because yeah, the, the teams gave up on him just like people want to give up on Marvin Bagley. And, Same and situation. It, and that's the thing. You're, when you're drafting him, you are accepting that you're going to draft on pure potential and hope that you can do, you know, have development. And what's the thing is what's it's interesting about the CBA and the contract is that the contract extension is up at a weird time when these guys are 20 to 21. And that's where you make the decision on you're having to pay is at that time where you're paying guys for what you think they might do to because they come in so young. And that's where people, you have the fan takes. That's what's going on with Darren Fox right now, right? Where realistically, it's not for a year or two where you're going to start see him, him come into his own and then improve the team's record, right? It's, we're going to, like, I use the example of Jamal Murray because that's what, that's a recent one for me. He's one year ahead of Fox. I was always looking at that. Like, you pay those guys, and then the next year you expect to pay off. And it's weird. It's tricky, and that's why I don't like filling your whole team with a bunch of young dudes because it's it could be half of a decade, literally, if you're perfect. You know, you know, and this is a, this is a good example of that stuff. Okay, so the Lakers, the Lakers drafted pretty well the last few years, right? They had guys like Josh Hart, uh, they drafted Kuzma, they drafted Brandon Ingram. Okay, so do you not think that the Lakers would much rather have Brandon Ingram than Kyle Kuzma. Like, hell yes, they would rather have Brandon Ingram looking back now, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. But at the time, Kyle Kuzma, who's two years older, okay, he's 25 now. Brandon Ingram's 23. Brandon Ingram popped at 22. Kyle Kuzma came in at that age. You know, so Kyle Kuzma came in two years older than Brandon Ingram and was producing a little bit more, okay? Now look at Brandon Ingram. They go, okay, we get rid of him. He's on his second team now. Dude pops. Okay. It takes time for, especially bigger guys. You, you don't, you don't see it. And you've talked about this before, you know, Brandon Ingram, who's a tall, skinny guy, Marvin Bagley, tall, skinny guy. Um, they take more time to develop. And that's just a good example of like, Hey, you need to wait till the guy's 23, 24, and really let him get, you know, a man's body on him. Let him mature a little bit and, and, and play in the NBA for a little bit. And so that's, I honestly, I kind of forgot where my point was right there, <laughs> but I was going towards, you know, Marvin Bagley, just wait on him. He's going to be, he's going to get there when he's 25. I think you said it right there. And, and really yeah. looking, looking at the standings all around the league right now, you know, you know, which teams are, are in the, in the top eight in each conference, they're all older teams. Look oh, at, sure. look at, look at the, uh, this year. I mean, look at the Spurs. They're the fifth seed right now. That team is old as shit. Now they do have yeah. a couple of cool young players who I like, but they're carried by a lot of older guys. And so, you know, 
interesting conversation today, Ryan, because like we, we started it off where we're at with the Kings and the depth and all that, because it's something, but I think this back half of the conversation really dives d- deeper into the back end on how we feel about just the NBA overall and why we've been so reluctant to take this backwards step. Um, I think in the next couple weeks, because the, the trade deadline, I believe, is on the 25th. In the next couple weeks, we're going to start having conversations about about like where the Kings are going and you know what is what is really what we really think they're going to do and then what the implications of potential moves i think once the deadline happens like you said we'll see we'll get a, a what a clear direction mm-hmm. and we'll really talk about the implications of of, of all of that stuff uh, you know what i mean yeah so before we close out one more quick thing i want to say cuz i've seen it a couple times and it kind of ties into to what we're talking is um you know a lot of people are saying that um, you know, Darren Fox got the max too soon. We shouldn't have paid him because the guy doesn't know how to win. You know, he he don't know how to win. And I, I've seen that multiple times over the last week. And it drives me crazy because as a franchise and as a front office and ownership, you know, you're not giving him a chance to win. And, and you know, and you tanking isn't teaching Darren Fox how to win either. You know, so like I, I see the takes and it's like, well, you should have done this. They need they need to tank and draft guys, or you can trade Darren Fox because you know he he doesn't know how to win. These guys they don't know how to win basketball games, and it it just cracks me up because it's like, well, you're 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 asking to tank, but then you're also saying Darren Fox needs to learn how to win. So it's like, okay, what are we talking about? Do you do you want Marvin Bagley, Tyrese Halliburton, and Darren Fox to learn how to win now while they're twenty? you know, 20 through 23, or do you want them to learn when they're 27, 28 in the primes and, you know, Sacramento's still not good. So it's like, you know, pick your, pick what you're really trying to argue. Just, you know what I'm saying? I, but I think that's when, when I started off the episode, I talked about the blame game and that was where I opened it off with was the blame game. And I think that's what happens with the passionate fans is they put the blame in one direction where really there's a lot of things happening and it's tough because you can't blame one player because when you don't have a lot of, when you have a G league bench and you don't have a deep rotation and you ask guys to play, I've always said, you ask guys to play a bigger role than maybe what they're capable of. And, and, yeah. that, and when you ask guys to do things that they can't do or they're not, they don't excel at, well, they're not going to necessarily succeed at that, right? And that's kind of been the, the, the point with the Kings all year because you have certain guys and it, like Buddy Hield is, is a target for everybody. You know, even, even for, I'll, I'll say Rashawn Holmes. It's why I've kept it realistic about Rashawn Holmes because it's like Rashawn Holmes, yeah, he's, I, he's seventh in the NBA in blocks right now, which is great. I think Rashawn Holmes, and as a player, is playing is playing awesome, right? Um, as a franchise center, making eighteen million, no. And that's the thing is when you, it's the lens in which you look at people, it's the role in which they play, in which people make their decisions. It's a thing about Corey Joseph. If Corey Joseph were making one million dollars or two million dollars this year, we wouldn't really be making the case that we are. But when he'd Corey be a valuable Joseph asset, is, yeah. when he's playing thirty-three minutes in a game and he's making twelve million, it's the lens in which you look at the players, in which your your opinion is formed of them, and that's what's happening. Is guys getting put into positions on the team because they're not deep to do things and they're not doing them and then they're getting paid and the kings are losing but reality is just oh there's a bigger issue here not that one thing and so people find their frustrations they play the blame game and that's just where they go with it and that's where you hear the takes that's that's my opinion that's where you hear the takes yeah okay so change change of this to change the subject again okay before we close I've seen a lot of stuff too. All right, so blame game, right? People like to blame Luke Walton, okay? 
and I see everybody say, well, when's Alvin Gentry going to be the head coach? Alvin Gentry's ready to be the head coach. He's the guy. And it's like, what has Alvin Gentry done that Luke Walton hasn't done, right? They were both assistants with Golden State. They both got fired by their last teams, and now they're both in Sacramento. So, like, what, what makes you think magically that, like, Alvin Gentry's going to come in and, and just be this, you know, um, redeemer, redeem coach for Sacramento? Like, I don't understand that. So you, you talk about blame game. It's like, dude, they have very, you know, obviously Alvin Gentry's older. He was a head coach beforehand. But, you know, in the last five years, they have a very similar path. And it, it just cracks me up because it's like, why do you just think all of a sudden that Alvin Gentry is the savior coach? Um, and, it, you know, and, and I think Luke Walton's in the same position too. He's, you know, yeah, he, like you said, rotations might be messed up and stuff, but he gets a lot of the blame. And it's like, dude, the front office hasn't surrounded him with NBA talent. You know, his roster spots 7 through 13, 14 are fucking Stockton Kings players, dude, that I can go watch for $5 down the street. <laughs> it's, it, it cracks me up, dude. Well, you know who, who uh, Kings fans' favorite coach is? Uh, the one they just fired. The one they <laughs> just fired. What, <laughs> that's what I always think. He's the guy that they fired. I mean, I even yeah. heard somebody... <laughs> Yeah, you know, oh, we never should have fired Jaeger. We never should have fired yeah. Malone. We never should have yeah. fired. I mean, that's pretty much who it is because yeah. it's always like because they you realize that the you realize what's the common denominator. You know, it's not it's not the coach. It's not the, the coach. <laughs> like there's 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 prime there's prime examples, dude. There's been a lot of guys. You know, like even you know Scott Brooks was like an interim head coach. They didn't bring him back. He went. He coached in the NBA Finals. George Carl George Carl's a Hall of Famer. Look at Mike Malone. You know, look at Dave Jaeger. He took, you know, Memphis to the Western Conference Finals. So it's like, it, it, it's, not, it's not the coach, guys. It's, it's the shitty culture that Sacramento has. It's the losing mentality that the franchise has. And it drives me freaking nuts, you yeah. know, because it's everybody gets upset because it's like you, you leave and then they thrive somewhere else. They do this and guys are like, well, I, I wish we had him. Well, you did. You just have a shitty culture. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's the blame game. The blame. We got to sign out before I start going too deep, dude. Yeah, it's 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 the, it really it's just a blame game. It's just it's a it's something we talked we talked about to start the episode. It's something that I'm seeing out there, and it's probably something that's going to keep continuing because that's just kind of you know what happens, Ryan. So, hey guys, we appreciate you listening. In. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, as always, you can do so by tagging us. You can find me and Ryan on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Derek and at Kingscast Ryan. We're active on our Facebook group, Kingsland. It's a public group. Join that and invite your friends if you're already on there. Uh, to stay up to date with the podcast, you can find us anywhere at King's Cast. And like I said, you can find our episodes streaming pretty much anywhere. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Kings. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.